Blog Talk Radio. tell you what my operating efficiency levels were. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Woo! How you doing, so, Gavin? I'm hanging in here. I'm hanging in here. My, my function with my normal parameters or whatever the hell you said. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. What's, right. what's up, Papa? Not much, you know, just I'm here. Okay. Taking okay. it slow, kind of ease into it, you know. Okay. Well, what's, what's our opening topic that you're going to ease into? You know, the opening topic tonight is that I'm I'm seeing the Republicans all over the place. You know, I see this guy, Solis, is actually getting a shot. Now, he should have got the shot long damn time ago. But he's on he's on TV the other day. I'm getting a shot now. Blah 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 blah. And, I, and the question is, what do you what do you, what is your take after the, after the uh, the overthrow of the Capitol on the sixth of January and everything like that? And the guy uh, was named that's messing with the little sixteen year old girls. Oh, him and, and Green and everybody. And the, you know the whole situation. What do you what do you take of the Republican Party now that Trump is gone? And what do you think they have to hold on to? I mean, are they wasting their time trying to hold on to Trump? Or you know, we're, I mean, I know that the midterm elections is coming around next year, so some of them are trying to bid for their seat. So they might be faking the funk and doing some, you know, some real normal stuff for a change instead of being in denial of everything. But uh, where do you think Republicans are, and what do you think they're thinking now that Trump is out of the presidency? Hmm. Well, I can tell you what I read. I read what you that. Read? What do you think? But, yeah, well, I'm just read. saying what I read, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. I read that Trump is really not that far out of the picture, and that may be why they're still trying to hang on to his coattails. Uh, apparently, he's already shopping around for his VP. For 2024, and the word on the street is it ain't Pence. 
So I think that they're still trying to stay up under his umbrella because they really do believe that he's coming back in 2024. So nobody wants to come right out and diss him or disassociate too far from him because they really do believe, like a phoenix, he's going to rise from the ashes. And that's my take on it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Have so they got any response to the old Republican clan out there? <laughs> they they full of you know what shiggity. You know they concocting all this stuff about the January sixth thing and trying to push it underneath the rug and trying to make themselves look good. I, I just don't get it. I mean, if if anybody with any kind of sense believes the shiggity that they're talking about, something's wrong with them. Because um, mm-hmm. they just just full of it. Yeah, so uh, I can't get with this Trump stuff because it's, it's getting on my nerves daily. They talk about Trump, 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 Trump. And of course, they put he put Pence underneath the rug. Shit, he, he don't give a shit about Pence. Shit, he, yeah, he, he called him weak and some him. other stuff. Right, he's yeah. always called him weak and this and that. So I'm like, it wouldn't surprise it me wouldn't if Pence got to go against him. He, he might run against them. <laughs> that would be some funny shit. So, we'll yeah, see. it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. But I do think what's, it's what's comical how how now they mm-hmm. want to jump on the COVID-19 vaccine wagon. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, at first boy. it seemed like they were all against it, wouldn't get with it, couldn't say anything mm-hmm. positive. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden now they've had a change of so-called heart. I'm not buying it. Mm. Wow. Well, my opinion on it is that uh, I think Trump for years has always instilled fear in people. This is nothing new to him. He's always told people, I'll sue him. And, you know, his his lawyer that always they called him the fixer, the one that ended up going to jail, you know. Mm-hmm. He was always the fixer because whenever Trump, and it was always said that Trump never paid anybody. When it came to the hotel casinos down in uh, Atlantic City, he never paid construction workers. Never, he always had kept kept everybody hanging. Never was a legitimate businessman. Always was a bully, and I think he's come full circle. And when he lost that situation of the election, he popped. You know what I mean? He literally popped. The sixth of January, his last opportunity to stop the the uh, you know the electric college from being. Voted. And then that one, this is when everything became a cult, mm-hmm. a bona fide cult. A cult is when you follow somebody tooth and nail. And the people that was out there storming that Capitol, they were possessed by what Trump had put in. And you know what's so interesting is that they had been sending texts and Instagrams and stuff to each other viciously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get your gun. Get your bear spray. Get your helmet. Now, these are all suburban white folks. Good jobs, good income, and everything else. But just go to show you, they've been dirty dogs from the beginning. So they don't have no problem turning into a damn wolf. Look at a white man when he don't shave for four or five. Hell, look at David Letterman. Look at the guy that hosts the uh, Price is Right. Oh, Drew Carey. Look at Drew Carey. Look at every white man when he don't shave for about three weeks. What does he turn into? 
You know what I mean? It is just, it's just, that's just what it is. It's what it is and where it is. And like I said, my answer to the whole thing is the fact that Trump has developed a cult, but, but my answer to things is that it's in a decline. Because once you, became, once you got out of the presidency, you lost that main power source. And now you're living off the whole, I'm in Florida. And, you know, in closing, I'll say, when your ass kick, kick, when your ass get kicked out of New York, you got problems. <laughs> and I, I, that's from experience of somebody that worked in New York 20 years. And I knew some coworkers that migrated to another place only because people kicked them out of New York. You got to stay strong in New York. You know, talk to Patrick Ewing and people like that to play for the Knicks. They say the same thing. When you work when you in New York, you know, Jay-Z and all them, uh, what's the other brother's name that died? Uh, Biggie. Oh, yeah. And all them. When you're a New Yorker, you got to stand strong. And, shit, he bitched up and took his tail, tail up his ass and uh, went down to Florida. Shit, any any bitch ass can go to Florida, right? Anyway, <laughs> that's my opinion. Cool. I didn't mean it would be long-winded. Okay, hey, no. You dropped the mic on that one. Okay. You know, if you bail out to Florida, you really ain't got no balls. I mean it sincerely. If you're going to be a snow-capped okay. joker and go out to – I mean, look at some of the people you may even know personally that went to Florida, you know, after they mm-hmm. retired and all. What the hell are they doing up there but but just nothing? Anyway. Mm-mm. Everybody likes the sunshine. Yeah, well, I mean, don't take it personal. Anybody, any of our listeners that live in Florida or migrate to Florida, and I don't take that personal. No shade to you. No shade to you. But uh, All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the rundown for tonight and get this party started. All right. What you got for us, Kev? All right. Our hot topics tonight. If uh, Papa D didn't already start it off for us, but uh, a hot sizzle mm. topic tonight: NFL warns teams about COVID nineteen outbreaks with unvaccinated players. Also, three states are seeing forty percent of the country's new COVID nineteen cases, and the FBI determined which tips were relevant in the Kavana hearing. Also, our hit and quitted headlines. Trump-loving Republicans snatch up MAGA coins. Also, NYC pilot program for mental health calls is working. Also, journalist uh, Maria Taylor leaves ESPN. Okay. Uh, German journalist, I'm sorry, German gymnast takes stance against sexualization of the sport. Also, heat waves are killing baby birds. And thieves in California are stealing scarce water. Also, our cocktail of the week, which is called the Kentucky Devil. Also, what's popping with Papa Didi? Our weird news, going to lighten it up. Sperm Bank is holding competition for students in China. Wow. Also, shop owner not accepting sweaty broad money for payment. And man had nose removed to look like an orc. Woo! I'm just saying with red wine, enough with the sexism. Living with the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood rapper. The kiss the list and the last word. Sit back, relax. We're going to get our favorite cocktail. And you come back, and we're going to have the hot topic. Right back. You're in tune to the late night adult pajama party right here on Blog Talk Radio. 
This is a production of DC Homegrown Entertainment. To share your opinion with the Pajama Party crew, call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. If you'd rather just listen in, you can still call us and listen on your phone, or you can listen online by going to our website, www.apajamaparty.com, and clicking the Listen banner in the top right corner. So join the conversation and let us know what you think about tonight's topics or whatever is on your mind. Okay, who turned the lights off? Call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, it's time for the hot topics. Fire them up, Papa Didi. Hmm. All right, first out of the gate, uh, the NFL. All right, check this out. And and I don't blame the one bit for this because if people want to hold back on getting a the shot, then uh, they're trying to protect their brand. Anyway, NFL warns teams, warns the team now that, that the COVID-19 uh, outbreak amongst unvaccinated players could lead to forfeiture of games, Okay. Now, the NFL had added an additional COVID-19 vaccination incentive for players. All right, threatening forfeiture and the loss of games. Uh, check if the outbreak amongst unvaccinated players causes a unresolvable disruption in the regular season schedule. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Commissioner uh, Roger, Roger uh, Goodell uh, informed oh clubs of the new policy Thursday in a memo. The league has encouraged vaccination for players, but it's not required it. Okay, per an agreement with the NFL Player Association. You know, the union always got to come in here and say yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. All right, instead, the league has set up a series of incentives. As of Thursday, Goodell wrote more than 75% of NFL players were at least uh, partially vaccinated, and more than half of the league's team have players' vaccinated rates above 80%. Unvaccinated players uh, will be subject to severe protocol during their uh, training camp and regular season, you know, testing all that jazz, including daily testing, mask wearing, travel restrictions, yada, yada, yada. Thursday's memo made it clear that unvaccinated players uh, could, in theory, be responsible for the loss of games and paychecks as well. Mm. The new policy drilled down on the scenario that never occurred in 2020. Now, being a fact in 2020, this was wide open. They were making up as they went along, didn't know situations going on. The um, vaccination just came out, yada, yada, yada. Everything was working out. They were getting games in. You know, everybody was testing pretty normal, yada, yada, yada. But now the NFL is saying that there's really no excuse right now, okay, for you not to get vaccinated. And I hear that Tom Brady's not even vaccinated because he's, he's such a health guru. He don't want to put anything foreign in his body, so to speak. So the word is that he's not. the. But the NFL is saying, look, if the unvaccinated players – mess around and get a a little their own little pandemic going on with the team and the team is scheduled to play and by Thursday you got four or five people that's infected, mm-hmm. then that team could get be forfeited, you know, and lose the game. You know, you just lost mm-hmm. the game, you won't play on Sunday and the other team will just cha ching in the winning section. So to me mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea because if people are messing around, you know, you guys are millionaires, you know? And and you can't tell nobody what to do, but sometimes you got to be aware of the contact that you're in and the surroundings you're in. And uh, 
you know, vaccinations has been a part of life, you know, ever since we were babies. You go get your shots when mm-hmm. you're a baby, you know. People say, oh, you get, right. your baby got a shot? Well, go on Thursday, get this shot, that shot, this shot, that shot. But now people are like, and they say this is really to people listening to the Internet, saying, I oh, don't get it, don't get it, you know. But anyway, but and make a long story short, the NFL is cracking down, saying, look, we're going to play ball, but we're going to check the people, and everybody that's not vaccinated, boy, beware. Because if you mess around and get the yeebie-jeebies, you know, and now four or five of mm-hmm. your team members got it, you're not going to play Sunday. You're not going to get paid. So. Okay. Well, that's how you get people's attention. You hit them in their wallet. Any questions or mm-hmm. comments, give it a call. Yeah, I know that's Nine right. Four, <laughs> 803-4306. It is. Well. NFL is uh, cracking down, you know. I'm not mad that's at them, good, frankly. Because I My do thing think is that it, it, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's... Okay, you go. I was going to say that you would think they're doing contact sports and they're around other people. I mean, mean, it's a group thing. You would think they would get together as a group and say, look, this is what we need to do as a group, get vaccinated so we can play because we want to play. You guys wanted to play so bad. Now you 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 know you're going against the rule. You know some things is you have to abide by the rules. If you don't, then hey, like Papa Didi said, hey, you're gonna get forfeited. You're gonna lose. Bye. Mm-hmm. That's all. There you go. I was just gonna say that it doesn't even make sense to me that if this is your job, in order right. for you to do your job, if you need to do this so you can do your job then what is the hesitancy? Do you want to get paid? I mean, you know, what? y'all been waiting on football season to start since it ended last time, last season. Now it's time to start getting ready for, what, August, the training camps and all of that. Mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. allow, what, five weeks to get between the first and the second shot? And the first game is usually around the 10th of September, something like that. But the preseason mm-hmm. games start, what, in games, August, yeah. sometime like end of August. Yeah, everybody has mm-hmm. their, you know, their opinion. But if you got to, um, I was saying, if you have to allow at least a total of, what, five weeks to get the first shot and then time for the second the shot between the two shots. Yeah, if you do, if you go that route or the other route. If you do the double route, shot you know. versus the J&J one shot. Well, you know, the only drawback mm-hmm. I have on all this when it comes to people not getting a shot. I guess sometimes, like I say, it all depends what's available to them. If you're not offering anybody, like me personally, I mean, I had my shot and I was able to get Pfizer. I wasn't able to get it. That's what fell in my lap, so to speak. I'm going to jump on the first thing coming. But then when you hear about Johnson & Johnson and how ranked they were, you know, down the mm-hmm. line, it just kind of pisses you off is that why does Johnson & Johnson even jump on the bandwagon when you're gonna get a, when you're gonna put a product out there that's allegedly half-assed, and not to mention you got this thing saying, oh, just one dose, but the dose is only about sixty-five percent. I mean, damn, mm-hmm. what, you, what was that for? Was that for the Negroes or what was you doing? Was that the dollar store edition? I mean, you know, it's sad that we have to go that route. I mean, we should have held the the uh, the vaccine to a higher standard across the board mm-hmm. and don't let Johnson right. Johnson come in with no no frills uh, I'm, I'm aging myself by saying that term but no generic you know you know no generic shit that that's you know oh that got people sick mm-hmm. or that messed people up and you know and then what what's what's their responsibility 
And it's mostly in the, in the black or brown community that people are getting messed up over Johnson Johnson's bullshit dollar store shit, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the bottom line is about money. You know, sometimes when you have money and um, a name or prestige, you know, you can kind of bogart your way in and say, hey, look, we want to um, get into the vaccine yeah. uh, market. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah. so, you know, my yeah. people know your people, so, you know, <laughs> get me in. So yeah, they took happened. everything, right, and they took everything that Pfizer came out that one. We had to chill it in a, a real cold temperature, and mm-hmm. and what's name? And then Johnson Johnson said, "Well, you could put our shit in the pantry," you know. <laughs> so you know, I was like, "Okay, yeah." So, yeah. Oh, so I guess okay. folks gravitate to that for last for ten years. Yeah, all right. Like yeah. peanut butter, shit's mm-hmm. on the damn shelf. Wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, crazy. Yeah, so you know. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to see what happens. Because they said, like, for the Washington football team, last I heard, Mm -hmm. they were, what, somewhere like around 50% or less vaccinated Mm -hmm. across Mm -hmm. the team. I'm like, yeah, come on. What what is the problem? It's close quarters that they're in, too. That's amazing. Yeah. I think um, they should should hit them, you know, where it hurts. Like you said, the, the money pocket. But then maybe they should um, tell the organization, if you don't have at least 95% of your team vaccinated, you can't play, you know. So um, then the team will make a decision, hey, you stay, you go. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. So, but anyway, we'll see. We'll keep following it. All right. All right. I got another one here. Um Three states are seeing about 40% of the country's new COVID-19 cases. Wow. Um, They have been rising in almost every state over the past week. A handful have been driving the bulk of the nationwide surge. Wow. Um, Coordinator Jeff Zient told reporters on Thursday the country has fundamentally changed the course of this pandemic and the threat of serious disease and death now is in uh, the unvaccinated. So, like we just said, we got vaccinated folks, we got to get it together, unvaccinated. Um, he said countries yeah. with the highest case rates have significantly lower um, vac- vaccination rates than other areas. And a few states have um, seen many of the new cases. Uh, this week, just three states, Florida, Texas, and Missouri, oh, wow, show me state, uh, with lower vaccination rates, accounted for 40% of all cases nationwide. Wow. For the second week in a row, one in five of all cases occurring in Florida alone and within uh, communities, these cases are primary uh, among unvaccinated people. So, um, Out of control. <laughs> that's where the crazy governor down there was acting a fool and folks were going out there with no masks and just, you know, is doing what they want to do because of their uh, what 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 amendment right is that? It's not the first, second. I don't know their their freedom of do whatever the hell they want to do. <laughs> I don't know. Is that an amendment? <laughs> yeah. It's know. one of those amendments. If, if it's not, they're gonna make it up. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I was going to say Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott recently said he will not be implementing another mask mandate. 
He told CNN affiliate he believes enough immunity has been acquired through vaccines or exposure, and it, and it would be inappropriate to force people who are already immune to wear masks. What what are you doing, man? What are you doing? What is he not understanding? Oh, my He's God. It's just ignorance. Crazy that's what it is. Just ignorance. Well, that's, that's what I Well, say. they just go put a big old bullseye target all over the state and then tell somebody just aim for it. Because that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And they also said in places such as New Orleans, you guys' place, Philly and L.A., leaders have returned to advising residents to uh, wear masks indoors when they're uh, with people outside of their immediate household. So, um, you know, state to state. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I agree. Because they've been reporting that people who are vaccinated are getting Mm -hmm. sick with COVID. Uh, with mm-hmm. that Delta variant, mm-hmm. and some of them have ended up in the hospital, and some of them have died. And this is mm-hmm. people that were vaccinated. So if you if you think you're going to stand a chance fighting against that Delta variant, if you are completely unvaccinated and unmasked, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Now, they did say some mm-hmm. of the people who had died that were vaccinated also had underlying conditions. They were older people. Uh, These were people that were diabetic, had heart conditions, COPD, you know, a variety of, of, you know, underlying conditions. So, you know, when you start coupling that with with COVID, you know, that's a bad mix. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. So we'll see. Well, I got another one for you. Y'all remember uh, Brett Kavanaugh? That's that joker that got confirmed before Trump got out of there and became a a Supreme Court judge. Mm -hmm. Even after people, women, came forward and said this guy had done some, you know, stuff to them, sexual, um, you know, what do you call them, accusations and all. I don't, in that case, I don't think that she was attractive enough to, the, the gander, yeah, it's not always attention. about being a track. No, I'm just saying. I ain't talking about a track. I'm just saying the fact that for people to pay attention to her oh. when she came forward, now she came up there looking like, uh, you know, Sophia Lorraine or somebody like that, you know, it would have been a different story. Well, then story. that's a sad state of affairs. No, I, I'm not I hear speaking, what you're saying, but I'm just saying I'm just saying, saying when the woman up. came out, they looked and said, well, damn, she looks like a sea hag, but what the hell? He didn't mess with that kind of thing. Uh. You know what I mean? That that, I, that you'd be surprised. Image is everything in the world. And that's don't, what I'm saying. That's a sad state of affairs. I mean, look at the woman that was that accused with Bill Cosby. She was a bag of a. a well, bag let me of, just tell you anyway. what happened though. Now the FBI is now disclosing after the fact that he was confirmed back in 2018. So now the FBI is disclosing that they received more than 4,500 tips on the phone line that they had set up for tips. When they were investigating, uh, doing the background investigation on Brett Kavanaugh, and what they did is they selected the tips that they thought were quote-unquote relevant Mm -hmm. and gave those so-called relevant tips to the congressional committee and stuff when they were making their determination. 
out of 4,500, they selected the ones that they thought were relevant. And they never really looked at a lot of the other ones. So now all of that's coming out. So the exact number of the tips were disclosed in a June 30th letter that was released by the um, released by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse on this past Thursday, yesterday. And this letter was in response to a two-year-old request from the Senate Democrats that were trying to get more information about how the investigation was handled. So they've been trying to get this information on the Democrat side for two years. They just got it yesterday, and this is what they found out. So, of course, this reignites accusations from various people, liberals and whatnot, that are saying the FBI Trump White House did not sufficiently examine the allegations against Kavanaugh uh, after the accusations from Dr. Christine Blasey Ford uh, that he had sexually assaulted her at a party in the Maryland suburbs when they were in high school, and the allegations, they said, nearly derailed his confirmation, but of course, he was still confirmed by a vote of 50 to 48. So he still became a Supreme Court judge. But just the idea that the FBI did not turn in all of the information, but they hand-picked, like cherry-picked, which tips, in their opinion, were relevant to the case, and that's the information that they turned over to the Senate committees. So... You know, now, of course, looking at it in retrospect, uh, the Democrats, now that they got this information, they're questioning, like, well, if we had had all of that information, it's a strong possibility that Kavanaugh would never have been confirmed. So, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, you can always speculate on what could have, should have happened, but Mm -hmm. it's not like with the information now, you can't just undo it. Because once you get on that bench, you're on there until you check out of here, or unless you quit. So well, it's, it's really been, it's never been done. It's never been done, but who knows? They they may decide to do something. You never know. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're saying that they were relying on the information that the FBI was providing to them, them being the Senate mm-hmm. committee. And Mm -hmm. now to find out that the Senate committee picked and chose what they wanted to turn over is really messed up. Because if that's the case, you could have gone through all of those. You had a tip line set up. You chose what tips people called in and said, hey, I got a tip on Brett Kavanaugh. Let me (laughs) tell you about this. So they chose and decided which they wanted to investigate, which ones they thought had merit and which they thought didn't have merit and that's the way they went. Right. Well, their palms probably agree. Come on now. And nobody's stupid. I mean, no. FBI has done some, some shady stuff too in the past. So it it doesn't surprise me. But now you have the information, what you going to do? Right, Bob? What you going to do? Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, it's not uh, much they can do unless they come up with a whole new procedure. <laughs> Because at this yeah. point, all they can do is be pissed off. Yeah, but like you said, things things need to change, you know. Just because you got on the bench doesn't mean you should stay on there for life. I mean, uh, you know, I think things need to change. It's like, you know, 
it's another subject, but like the Olympic Committee, you know, some things need to change on in, in the Olympics, you know, as far as the alcoholism, marijuana, you know, they changed that as far as the um, alcoholism, the marijuana, they need to come up to date with that. So maybe this needs to come up to date as well, you know. Well, if they can get a judge off the bench for being a Mm -hmm. jerk-off and Clarence, uh, what's his name, Clarence Thomas, Thomas. he should have been gone. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, that's all I got on that. All right. (laughs) We're going to jump to a quick break, and then we're coming back with the hit it and quit it headlines. Now, we're going to hit them and quit them, right? Right, T? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Y'all heard them. They agreed. <laughs> Other side of the break, we're going to hit them and quit them on the Pajama Party Show. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party. www.apajamaparty.com. Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You got an opinion? We want to hear it too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914 914- 803-4306 Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306 Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, it's time. Hit them and quit them. Ah, let's see. Oh, I've got the first one. All right. I got one for you. We were talking about 45 earlier. This is another crazy one. Yeah, your boy. Trump-loving Republicans have snatched up MAGA coins and quickly fall victim to data breach. Good form. More than 1,000 people, including Republican leaders and conservative media personalities, have snatched up, uh, already signed up, rather, for these pro-Trump, cryptocurrency mega coin so now they got a cryptocurrency coin going on that they're calling a mega coin man he got more schemes anyway yeah he's, he don't give a crap Ooh. about anybody and they're oh my god but to show you how jacked up the whole thing is pure poor security on the website for the mega coin was uh, associated with it, exposed users' personal information, including passwords, IP addresses, and revealed the vast majority of the MagaCoin produced has gone to has gone to its self-described creator, Mark Zelenka, who is a Trump-loving consultant and a super PAC associated with him. The self-described hacktivist shared the website's data with a newspaper and showed that most of the users have about 100 MAGA coins, and some of them have taken advantage of an offer to get 1,000 free MAGA coins to certain radio hosts and media personalities, bloggers, and grassroots groups who agree to promote the cryptocurrency. 
So they're like, if you promote the mega coin, we'll give you a thousand of them for free. So they got that hustle going. Um, a right wing radio talk host, talk show host John Rush, is uh, a holder of fifteen hundred mega coins, according yeah, to the leak data. And uh, so they got all this information because it was all leaked. So they posted it on a on a what was this on a website? They posted the information. The person that hacked it, they could see who's owning the coins, uh, how many coins they own. They got people's passwords. They got all kind of information. And you can see, you know, they even know who is the person who set this up, who handed it off to whom. Uh, they said that the, this MAGA coin cryptocurrency is intended to support so-called MAGA candidates. I'm like, okay, wait, what, who, who or what is a MAGA candidate? So they really are trying to create, apparently, a, a third party called MAGA. If you're calling them MAGA candidates, that's what it sounds like to me. So, I don't know. If you hear anything about MAGA coins, that's what you're talking about. Don't buy them. Does they have any value? they have any value or something? I mean, I, I don't get it. Mm, they, I don't understand cryptocurrency, so I'm not the one to answer that mm. question. I mean, it's if like, I can't hold it in Bitcoin? my hands, <laughs> it's, it's like that. You know, it's like Dogecoin or Bitcoin, so they created a mega coin. Okay. And people are buying them. Trump lovers oh, are buying boy. them. I guess. I'm telling you. It's crazy. They created their own little world. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. <clears throat> all right. That's all right. What else you got? That's all. <laughs> okay. Hit them and quit them. Um, well, uh, New York City. Um, a program for mental health calls is working. So an NYC pilot program that sends social workers instead of police officers, which is great, to respond to mental health issues crisis calls is showing some early signs of success. It's called the Be Heard program. It stands for Behavioral Health Emergency Assistant Response Division, uh, launched in a, a portion of Harlem, of course, Last month, it has sent teams of three unarmed behavioral health specialists to respond to more than 100 911 calls. So between June 6th and June 7th, uh, July 7th, 911 dispatchers uh, rerouted about 25% of all mental health-related calls to the um, Be Heard team. Uh, once the team arrived on scene, about 95% of the people in quite uh, medical assistance Um so when there's a traditional response from police and EMS workers, about 82% of people in crisis accept help. That's good. So when responding to mental good. health calls, police officers and paramedics typically send 82% of patients to hospitals for treatment. The programs, many of, of which are modeled after um, KHOOPS, which is crisis uh, assistance helping out on the street. That's the acronym for that. Uh, Mobile Crisis Intervention Unit in um, Eugene, Oregon intend uh, to better serve individuals in crisis by sending specialists who are trained in treating mental health conditions. So it's about time, you know. It changes with the time. Instead of sending police officers, I like that. It's pretty good. It's like a pretty good program. So that's a let's good see idea. how long they keep it in effect. Yeah. 
um, you know, maybe some other major cities like us and some other major cities will adopt this program because uh, we need some help here, you know. For uh, I'll talk about it probably later on my last word, but for D.C. to become national news is kind of almost the myrtle capital again. I mean, it's it's, it's getting embarrassing, so. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we need some um, some changes here, something different. Okay. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, over to you, Papa Didi. What's your hit it and quit it? Uh, well, you know, uh, let's see here. Okay. I got one story too many. Anyway, this this concerns um, uh, Maria Taylor. She leaves ESPN, and um, I, I say rightfully so to her. And hats off to her because uh, she didn't make no noise. Uh, the one girl who was there, who is there, who uh, Rachel Nichols, is who this story really contails, you know, showed her true colors. And the sister just, uh, being being young, you know, she, she knew there was other opportunities. And she made a move because, you know, ESPN is not, mm-hmm. not the tell-all and know-all. But anyway, that was just a synopsis that was necessary to, uh, you know, get into the story here. All right, Maria Terry, she leaves ESPN now. A day after wrapping up the NBA final coverage, okay, ESPN, Maria Taylor parted ways with the sports network, ESPN, okay? According Mm -hmm. to the statement, the announcement comes after a contract extension between ESPN and the seasonal journalists couldn't couldn't be reached, okay? The negotiation to renew Taylor's contract gained attention early this month. The New York Times reported on a leak audio conversation which revealed that a former colleague inserted Taylor uh, asserted Taylor got a promotion because of ESPN's poor record on diversity. Now this white woman, Rachel Nichols, who runs now, let me tell you about her poor white trash ass, okay? She's been hanging with brothers for a long time doing a show called the uh the jump. The NBA jump comes on 3 o'clock every day. So she sits up there with all these NBA players, current ex-players. He knows them well. They shoot the breeze, yada, yada, yada. He got the same old look, same old red hair down to her shoulders. You know, she's got, I mean, she doesn't even change her look or style or nothing. She looks the same. She looks horrible, in my opinion. Anyway, now, um, when it came to the NBA Finals, Marjorie Taylor was brought up to do the in the meantime, Rachel Nichols thought she was going to be a shoe-in for either doing the pregame show or the sideline interviews. But Marjorie was was uh, elected to do the pregame show, and this other girl, I forget her name, real pretty girl, was doing the sideline for it. I don't know if you saw the, the finals at the end when they were interviewing uh, Giannis, but the girl that was the light-skinned sister with the curly hair, a nice-looking girl. Anyway, they didn't put Rachel Nichols on anything. So she's pissed off saying they put these black women in there because they're with their poor diversity. But Rachel Nichols did not get fined or reprimanded at all for saying these comments. And the beautiful thing about uh, Marie Taylor, who was just appointed this position during the finals, didn't say anything. She didn't even say anything to Rachel Nichols. She just said, you know what, this white girl got issues, I ain't fucking with her, okay? Now, at the end of the thing, Marjorie Taylor went to, what is it, NBC Sports? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
she went that now the first thing he said he said she left, but now the internet is saying that Marjorie Taylor went over to NBC Sports. Now, here's the difference in things. Rachel Nichols has been on ESPN, got her own show and all that. Now she done nestled in at with it as a career, you know? She done sat on that damn job in that position with ESPN like an eagle sits on a goddamn egg on a nest, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get an egg nice and warm in order to hatch a damn chick, okay? So Rachel Nichols and oval her asshole on this egg of ESPN, and she's permanently there. She can't go nowhere. Like, when she's not even attractive enough or flavorful enough. She got the same old shit that ESPN will deal with, understand, and is working with. You know what I mean? That's why they didn't stretch her out to put her on the finals broadcast because she's kind of washed up, you know. She's got no new flavor. Now, on the other hand, Marjorie Taylor is a beautiful brown-skinned sister. You know, she's got her shit together, smart as hell, attractive as hell, doing the thing naturally and just moved on to something different, you know. And I'm glad she went to NBC and didn't go to Fox because she went to Fox, she would have contend with an other jerk-off white woman who is Red Wine. Uh, on the sideline of the NFL. Uh, oh, the chick that Aaron. 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 Uh, Aaron, yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron Andrews. Andrews, yeah. Aaron Andrews, who's another white woman in the business who is, like I said, sitting her ass, her oval ass on a, on a <laughs> eagle's, you know, you ever, you've seen an eagle's egg in a nest? That eagle puts their ass on that egg so firm, the egg almost goes up the asshole. <laughs> this is how well they nest that egg. Anyway, and this is how these people get on there. This is, and Aaron Andrews hey. kicked old girl around. You know, the brother with the, the sister with the hair issue on Fox, uh, your girl, the other one. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Yeah. With the bad wig. With the bad wig. God Aaron God. jumped on her, but Aaron ain't that attractive. She She made her fame saying somebody peeped through the keyhole to watch her skinny ass naked in the Hilton Hotel, and she sued the Hilton Hotel for like $20 million. So now Aaron Andrews has hooked up with the the uniforms and stuff for the NFL. Mm-hmm. She has her line of, of uh, uniforms and stuff, which is right along with NFL uniforms. So Aaron Andrews has her own uniform, uh, uh, you know, jerseys. That's so she's filthy, dirty, stinky ass rich. Aaron Andrews. Anyway, the moral of the story is that these white women, whenever beautiful, attractive sisters come along that are also smart to boot, they're scared to death. And as soon as something goes down, like Rachel Nichols said, oh, they only put her in there because of their their diversity. No, they did it, Rachel, because your white ass is ugly as fuck. Okay? You ain't changed that hairstyle in six weeks. You sit there with those brothers in the NFL acting like you, you know, Anyway, but congratulations to Marie, uh, Maria Taylor. She's now with, ESP, with NBC Sports. And as you know, ESP, uh, e, uh, NBC holds down the Olympics and everything else. So we'll be seeing Maria Taylor, I'm sure, going forward. Good for her. God bless you, sister. But you know what? Damn, she, she, I want to make this comment, too. She might have uh, made that move because who knows? She might be getting ready to sue So she said, okay, let me say bye to y'all. Get on this. Uh, uh, MSNBC, and uh, I'm going to sue y'all MFs for defamation. Yeah, too, but, but when you're young, also you shouldn't hang around too long. If you, you know, if you got your whole life ahead of you, you know, if you want to be like them white women and act like you want to just claw into 
into the woodwork. But, you know, she's just, she's saying, hey, fuck it. I ain't no grass underneath my feet. So, All thank right goodness, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. you're right, too. Maybe she could be suing also. And you don't want to work mm-hmm. somewhere where you're about to bite them like a snake, you know. Well, while we're talking there about sports, go. I got mm-hmm. one for you. The German gymnastics team has debuted a full-length bodysuit, like a unitard, uh, because they were saying that they want to take a stance against the sexualization of the sport. And they brought them out during the current um, Olympics going on in Tokyo. So this happened on yesterday. German gymnast Sarah Voss shared a series of photos on Instagram uh, with Olympic uh, team members all wearing this bright pink and black bodysuit that goes all the way down to their ankles. So no more with the honey cheeks hanging out. They said enough of that. We're going to cover our body, and we can still do what we do. You know, it won't hamper our ability. So basically the long and short of it is that they're saying that we feel that when you are performing gymnastics wearing a leotard, it's uncomfortable when you're flipping and twisting and doing things and the back of it starts raising up a little bit. And you know good and well part of your butt cheeks are showing, but you got to keep moving. You don't want to keep reaching down, grabbing it, pulling it down, pulling it down. So that's why you typically see that they don't you know, pull on it and tug on it. They just keep it moving. But what she's saying is that it's uncomfortable and it makes you conscious about your body, and by wearing a unitard where you're all covered, you know, your legs and your backside, everything is covered, that they feel that it will be better for your confidence, and it makes them just feel more comfortable on the different apparatus. So whether you're doing beam, floor exercise, vault, whatever, you don't have to worry anymore about, you know, your butt showing. Because have you noticed that most of the time those leotards are always look like they're almost one size too small? But mm-hmm. that's, you know, standard what all the gymnasts wear. Well, Germany said, mm-hmm. not no more. We're wearing a unitard, mm-hmm. and the Federation for Gymnastics said they didn't have a problem with it. Because apparently it was always available for people for either religious reasons Etc. Who felt like that's what they would prefer to wear? So they're saying, you know, hey, that's what you want to wear, do it. So it'll be interesting to see if other other countries start adopting that. Well, I think they said they're okay with it because ever since that that gym gymnast uh, doctor Nestor went to jail for nine hundred yeah. years, they messing with those gymnasts they like they that. denying shit. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to jail like Nestor, no indeed. Yeah. Anyway. Because this young lady was saying that she feels that a lot of younger gymnasts are quitting the sport <laughs> as they start to get older. You know, when you st- when the body starts maturing and you start feeling very self-conscious about, you know, having parts of your body so exposed that they just drop out and quit the sport. And that, you know, maybe this will help them to stay in the sport, so. Yeah. I say shout out to them because I do think that a lot of these sports, and I'm going to talk about that later on, I'm just saying, are so hypersexualized. But All right, I'm well, done. One, one people, just one more thing on that same subject. Mm-hmm. One group didn't mm-hmm. go for that. I think one country, instead of wearing bikinis, 
and volleyball, the beach volleyball, they wore some kind of hot pants and they penalized them. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that when I'm just saying. Okay. But like I said, it's hypersexualization and they need to stop that bullcrap. Anyway, all right, back to you, Kettle. What you got? All right. Um, Heat waves are killing baby birds. Uh, It's extreme heat. Um, As record-breaking temperatures continue to plague Oregon, Washington, California, and other states out west, wildlife is struggling to find ways to escape the heat. Birds of prey often set of nests in treetops, and usually by the time the year's hottest weather arrives in August, the babies um, are mature enough to fly and find shade. Apparently, this weather just gotten hotter before, you know, August, that August day. Um, but with these heat um, waves, the direct sunlight has become too much for these babies to take. Um, so to, to survive, they seek shelter and shade outside of the nest, but are too young to fly and thus sometimes fall helplessly to the ground. Wow. Yeah, I had a couple of baby birds out front of my um, front porch. Um, so I'm not sure what happened. These birds suffer injuries like head trauma, fractured wings, and broken bones if they fall, you know, too high up. Um, people keep finding these poor babies in rough shape in wildlife centers have been inundated with birds in need of care and rehabilitation. Well, at least they're taking the birds in and, you know. Wow. Uh, okay. Because birds are among the creatures hard as kids. freaking on everybody. Yeah, by these extreme weather events. Um, yep, so. Well, we'll see. We'll just watch the baby birds. You see a baby bird, I had to take them in and, and you know, give them some shelter. At least cool them down for a little bit, right? But then you take the baby bird, mama bird will find you, right? So you got to be careful. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right that's, about that. That's, yeah, that's the only thing. So you got to be hmm. careful. All right. It's my head and forth. Sorry to hear about mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Back to you, Papa Didi. Uh, I got here the thieves in California stealing uh, scarce water. All right, it, oh, it has an extreme drought. What? Uh, grips, grips California making water increasingly scarce. Thieves are making off with billions of gallons of uh, precious resources, tapping into fire hydrants, rivers, and even uh, small family homes and farms. Damn. State and local officials say water theft. Is a long-running issue, but the intensified droughts have uh, driven the thieves to record levels as reservoirs dry up and bandits make off with uh, stolen water. Often they, uh, a group of, most of them are trying to grow their illegal marijuana crops. Mm. So more than 12 billion gallons of water are estimated to have been stolen across the state since 2013. Impacting legitimate farmer operations, drinking water sources, Native American tribes, and small communities. Officials say that the uh, thieves are getting their hands on water by uh, breaking into secure water stations, drilling into water lines, tapping into fire hydrants, and using violent and threatened, threatened threats against farmers making off with the uh, truckloads of water that was intended for their crops under uh, cover of darkness. This is crazy. Anyway, you know, these drought towns all up in the uh, California and Montana area and all, all is just a mess. Yeah. 
Just a, I've never yeah. heard of anything like just this. A mess. I don't understand. How are they drilling into something? Like, where's the security around these water stations that would allow people to be able to do this kind of drilling? Hmm. Yeah. I guess they have other things to worry about, not monitor people as far as stealing water. You know, they would never think. Yeah, that's I guess. true. Yeah, that's so. not really a. It's a high priority, but not a high priority, you know. Yeah, I mean, they say it's been going on since when? Since 2013? Yeah. I would think by now mm. you can get at least one security guard to keep an eye on these water tanks or reservoirs or whatever they are. Yeah, you would think, yeah. They would have some type of something. Figure something out. It's been, what, seven seven years? Yeah, do Eight something. Years? Put an electric fence yeah. around them or something. I, this mm-hmm. is... I just feel like everything has just gone completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whew. I agree. It's, okay. It's gotten out of control. Yep, that's the key thing. Hmm. Yeah, okay. that one really threw me. Like, what? They stealing mm-hmm. the water? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. These people trying to, I don't know if this is, like, people are in survival mode or they just doing it to resell or what. You know, you just don't know what the purpose is, you know. But um, it has water, to be some type of regulation or something. I don't know. All right. We're going to ponder this while we take a quick break. I need another glass of wine. We'll be back on the other side of the break with the cocktail of the week. I think we're going to need that. Unless you're ready now, Kettle, or you want to go to a break. No, I'm going to take a little break. All right. We'll do that. And we're coming back with Kettle's cocktail of the week. You're listening to The Pajama Party Show. PJs only, no clothes allowed. This is The Pajama Party on Blog Talk Radio. The Pajama Party is produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment at www.dchomegrown.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of The Pajama Party crew and you. So pick up the phone and dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306 and tell us what's on your mind. There's a big fluffy pillow reserved just for you at the pajama party, so call us now. And remember, it's PJs only, no clothes allowed. Pass it on. Log on to www.apajamaparty.com and click the Listen Live banner or call 914-803-4306. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Is it tea time, darling? All right, welcome back to the pajama party. One host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Still mad about the water thieves. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we, got the- All right. we got something for them. All right. We got something for this is called, this is up my lane here, Bourbon, Kentucky Devil. For those who like their watermelon and lemon with a little mischief. All right, this is going to make a picture of the Kentucky Devil. Six mm. parts of wild turkey bourbon. You can use the regular one or the 101. Right, Papa? <laughs> mm. um, also, uh, one part of simple syrup, three parts of... Um, Anko Rails Liqueur, also two parts of fresh squeezed lemon juice, and four parts of fresh squeezed watermelon juice. 
So we're going to combine all those ingredients um, into a pitcher of ice and stir. Garnish individual servings with a small watermelon slice. And like I said, you can use the um, regular wild turkey bourbon or the, if you want to spice it up some more or a little heat, wild turkey 101. <laughs> and that is the Kentucky Devil. All right. That sounds mm-hmm. kind of tasty. <laughs> you? Brown liquor? <laughs> but it sounds tasty. I would never have thought of adding watermelon with brown liquor, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Cocktail Uh of the Week is brought to you by our parent company, DC Homegrown. You can check them out at dchomegrown.com. All right. It's that time for Papa Didi to tell us what's popping. So, uh, Papa Didi, what's popping? Well, one of the main things is that uh, Bill Russell was one of the most decorated uh, NBA players. He's a Auction off a lot of his. He's about to mm-hmm. auction off a lot of his uh, his memorabilia from back then. I guess he wants to, you know, uh, tighten up his resources or liquidate some of his life. You know, it's like the Kennedys do. Mm-hmm. How they sell everything belonging to John Kennedy and you know his wife and everybody, you know, these liquidate, liquidate, liquidate. So maybe Bill Russell's doing that. But the main thing I'm talking about here is the fact that uh, looking at Bill Russell and everybody that started back then as far as blackness in the NBA, the one thing I want to say today to players is a strict statement is that, like, this is, this is not your ownership. It's just your time, you know. And I think we live in a world today, especially with the Internet and all the the fast everything, everything is instant, instant, you know. I think back in the day, the only instant shit we had was instant Quaker Oats, right? With the, with the you know, with the, what was the Big Ben on the, mm. who was on the box? The Quaker Oat guy. He was, uh, anyway, everything was, you know, it, it, instant, instant Oats was one of the biggest things that you could, that was considered instant, but you still had to boil water and stir it. But now we live in a world, a microwave world, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, everything is just pat, 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 immediate, 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 immediate. And I'm talking about different players today that have to do with everybody who's, uh, you know, just think that it's their time and they're the shit and all that. But, you know, basketball, just in particular to talk about it, it goes way back. I mean, uh, if you get a chance on ESPN, my man Ahmad Rashad, who was uh, Felicia Rashad's uh, original husband, if you need to put a, you don't really have to connect Felicia to Ahmad because Ahmad has his own space, his own history, his own life, his own legacy. So I only said that so you can connect the two. But Ahmad stands alone on his own merit. You know, he was a, he was a track star at one point. He played football at one point. He also was a NBA analysis and commentator for years. So he has a show now on ESPN called uh, uh, Ahmad Talk or something to that effect. And he's talking to all these previous uh, basketball players and coaches and all that. So the, the last people he had on there was uh, a guy named uh, Clyde Drexler. His name was Clyde the Glide. 
and um, Pat Riley was one of his guests. Uh, Patrick Ewing was one of his guests. Charles Barkley was one of his guests. And this is still modern-day time. But just to run a few names and a few a little time frame back, and I, I won't stay on this long at all, you know, it goes all the way back to Bill Russell. And everybody who came on Ahmad's show, you know, if you look it up on ESPN, it's a little half-hour show where he interviews people for a half-hour, and he goes through a lot of great basketball players, at least the ones that are still living anyway. And um, But if you go back to the Bill Russell days and the Will Chamberlain days and the George Gervin, George Gervin was known as the Iceman. This guy had something called a finger roll where he would flip the ball like, like where he put English on it off his fingertips and let it just dip into the basket. It was unbelievable. You know, and we know Dr. J and, and, and uh uh, Earl de Pearl Monroe, and all these people had a purpose and a time frame and a fan base and everything else that came with their time frame. But I think the stars today think that as they live in a world with the milk and honey and the millionaires and all this stuff, that, you know, this is their time and the NBA belongs to them. You know, people like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all these little, you know, they just, they bitch, bitch, bitch. Wine on the internet, wine on Twitter, do this and do that. You know, I mean, just, just, you know, just, just stand in your place when it comes to your own legacy, because you're only here for a little bit of time, as life is itself. But like I said, this stuff goes so far back when it comes to basketball. I mean, just, just to say a few names. You know, we're talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, talking about um, uh, Akeem uh Magic Johnson. Larry Bird, uh, different people, like I said, Clyde Drexler. Uh, it just it just goes on and on and on. You know, the Detroit Bad Boys back in the day, as they met with the Lakers, and then all of a sudden, as they got older, they met Michael Jordan. And then all of a sudden, as, as Michael Jordan got older, you know, he met the San Antonio Spurs, where you had Tim Duncan and the Admiral that came along after that. And it just, you know what I mean? All I'm saying is that just as any other sport in life and everything, basketball goes all the way back to Bill Russell, who won 11 rings. You know, he got more damn rings than he got fingers. And he was only, and, and he won 11 rings in 12 seasons. So him and Will Chamberlain at one time was just kicking all kind of ass. And they were only the few blacks out there at the time. So, what I'm saying in a nutshell is that the history of this basketball alone is full, full, full. So when you see these new basketball players, you know, the ones that are going over to the Olympics now and all that jazz, I, I mean, it's cool. But just to get back what I said earlier, this is not your ownership. It's just your time. And I'll leave it at that. All right. You don't own it. No. Attention. No. I can see that. They're just renting. But they act like they own it. Yeah. Yeah, well, the world that we live in. Hmm. All right. Thank you, Papa Didi. I have to remember that. Mm -hmm. You don't own it. You're just a renter. So stop trying to act like it's yours. This is with any sport, any talent, any anything. Movies, you name it, everything. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. Some of these people act like they put their stake in the ground and now it belongs to them. You look at them old films of the 30s and 40s, they were acting their ass off way back then. Mm-hmm. And dressing better. You got that right. Anyway. All right. Where to? Oh, it's time to lighten it up, Kettle. Okay. Let's rock and roll. All right. It's time for the weird news. We're going to lighten it up. And Kettle, you're up first. Okay. Okay. So y'all give me this sperm bank thing. All right. Sperm bank is holding competition for students to find best ejaculate in the country. A sperm bank in China, why is everything going on in China? What is up with that? Yeah. Is, uh, asking, is, yeah, is asking college students to submit their sperm to recruit new donors and see who has the best quality ejacu- ejaculate. The Human Sperm Bank of Shanghai is holding a contest for the best sperm to raise awareness about sexual health and refill their supply of donor. The submissions will be judged on sperm count and <laughs> motility, both of which are important for fertility and conception. The contest winners will be recruited as donors and given up to um, over $1,100 as a prize. The contest was launched July 12th and has been promoted across Chinese social media sites. Um, WeChat. To increase, uh, in recent years, uh, Chinese sperm banks have suffered low donor turnout and faced shortages in their supply. Really? Okay. Rigorous requirements have also barred uh, many applicants from being eligible to donate sperm. Uh, As a result, sperm banks have had to come up with creative solutions. Okay. The Human Sperm Bank of Shanghai is, is far from only Chinese sperm bank willing to offer cash in exchange for quality donations. Um, the Zangai Sperm Bank began offering suitable donors up to $760 per donation in March of 2021. Another sperm bank uh, donored $700 per donation in July 2020. So, hey, they got to do what they got to do. They got to up the ante, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't mad at them, but, uh, that's, yeah, that's a good that's one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, speaking of weird news, I got one for you. I got a shop owner has told his customers to stop paying with sweaty cash stored in your bra during the heat wave. Mm-hmm. This businessman mm-hmm. is taking a stand against unorthodox cash carrying habits as scorching weather continues. Betting salesman Michael Flynn, better known as Mattress Mick, issued an hmm. unexpected notice on Facebook. It seems that the rising temperatures, combined with many women's outfits, not including pockets, has caused some issues. This is out of Dublin, Ireland. The Dublin legend left people in stitches as he said the store would no longer accept cash that had been stored in customers' bras. The betting mogul and reality star advised shoppers to keep their cash in their purse or their handbag rather than their underwear. It seems Mm. like a reasonable request. How many retail workers want to accept sweat-soaked money after all? The note simply said, no bra money in all capital letters. Due to increasing Mm. temperatures and for our own personal safety, 
we will not be accepting any bra money. Mm -hmm. We would urge all customers not to pay us from their bras and keep your Euro notes in your purse or your handbag at all times. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yours truly, (laughs) Mattress He said customers seem to take it well, although one baffled woman said, who's wearing a bra in all this heat anyway? Okay. That's a punchline right there. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's, I guess she got hers in her panties, I guess. That's hey, a good one there, boy. That was a hell of a look, We are not taking no more sweaty bra money. I'm done with that. She said, who's wearing a bra anyway? Whoop, there it is. All right. What you got, Papa Diddy? Uh, this guy's name is Fernando. Fernando Franco de Oliva. He's from Brazil, and he's... Uh, he he removed part of his nose and ears to to look like a, a, a orc, uh, and they have a picture of this guy. It is crazy. Oh God! He also has his tongue split, and has covered ninety nine percent of his body in tattoos, and his attempt to look like an orc from the Lord of the Rings, which has described by author uh, J R R uh, Tunis as uh, brutish, uh, aggressive, and ugly. Ugly as hell as well as evil. Mm. Now considered to be the most tattooed man in Brazil, Fernando has set out on a quest to make himself look like the fictional character. And Fernando, it's called an orc. Yeah, orc. I guess I guess that's how you pronounce it. I mean, what else is spelled the uh, O R C? Orc or orc? That's orc. All right. He he's uh, found out who he owns a tattoo studio. Oh. Has admitted that his transformation has been pretty painful. But went on to say that uh, he's addicted to pain, so that works out well for him. The tattoo artist said that uh, having his nose cut off at the tip, which is a picture of it, damn. Nose cut off at the tip, and uh, that's sick. His heaviest work had been done when his nose, and he chipped off the piece of the back of his ear. If you look on the internet, you may be able to find this guy. It looks like an orc. He's from Brazil picture is off the chain. He doesn't even look human. Yeah, he said he's having his nose taken off was the heaviest work, like I said. And uh, speaking on tattoo artists in Brazil on uh, July 20th, he said, I have a forked tongue. He said, I have orc ears. I have vampire teeth, uh, horn implants in my head. And the last one I did to make me look completely frightening was my nose was cut off and cut off halfway in, in multiple places and also cut the top of my skull. This this motherfucker. <laughs> and there's a picture of him, and it's crazy. Amber, he feels that uh, I've had everything tapped to except the palms and palms of my hands and the soles of my feet. He also feels that he plans to get more horn implants in his head and is considering having his orc ears uh, uh, remodeled. This is crazy. Fernando Franco de Oliva. If I saw something like that walking down the street, I would definitely run the other way. You got to see this guy. It's crazy. He can't have a girlfriend. (laughs) You'd be surprised. He he just can't. He's cute. He's cute. That is some sick stuff right there. 
Yeah, I, don't I mean, I'm looking at the picture. The whole front part of the tip of his nose yeah, no. is gone. Yeah. Like it's I don't even want to hear no more. But with the under that, that's some sick stuff. You got to pull him up. Fernando oh. from Brazil. Woo-wee. Pull him up. Uh, uh. Blow your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear no more. That's crazy stuff. Oh, my, my, my. Okay. okay. I, I think we need to take a break. Oh, yeah. my God. That was some weird news tonight. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with I'm Just Saying on the Pajama Party Show. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called The Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on out of your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at a pajama party and use hashtag kiss it and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. But this DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude! Oh, you're on the kiss it list. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. And Lou. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, you're up, uh, Red Wine, but I'm just saying what you got going on. Oh, okay. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I said I was going to talk about some of this hypersexualization and sports. So tonight, I'm just saying enough with the sexism. You know... I had never actually paid attention to beach handball or beach volleyball in the Olympics until this time around when I read about how the Norwegian women's team had been fined by the governing body uh, for their sport because they refused to wear what's basically a bra and bikini bottom when they play. And it's not just a regular bikini bottom, but the rules say that the bikini bottom has to be very high cut above the thigh. And they were sanctioned. I mean, that uniform is sanctioned for their sport. And my question is why? I'm just saying enough with the sexism and the misogyny. It's 2021, or hasn't anybody told that to the governing body for beach volleyball and handball? Now, the Norwegian women's team decided they had had enough. So they played uh, their recent game wearing thigh-high shorts instead of those bikini bottoms, and they were fined $1,500 euros for improper clothing. (laughs) So the men's team, on the other hand, can wear shorts as long as four inches above the knee, as long as they're not baggy. But the women don't get the same flexibility. They're required to have their midriff bare, and most of their lower body has to be uh, bare as well, or they get fined. And I'm just saying, enough with the sexism. I mean, if that makes the women uncomfortable, and, and if wearing the shorts 
is not going to restrict their ability to play the game, then what the hell is the problem? I just wonder, you know, like how many women are on the governing board? It just seems like it's some misogynistic bullcrap. But like I said, it's not just the shorts. It's the top. That's part of the requirement, too. It's more like a, it's basically like a sports bra. But the men can wear tank tops. Now, the the women are required to have to show their midsection. So they can't even wear a tank top. They have to show their midriff, like a midriff crop, crop top, sports bra kind of thing. And again, why is that a requirement? Whoever came up with these requirements, I'm just saying, I mean, if it's like y'all trying to get your jollies or something, y'all need to go look at some internet porn or something if that's what you're trying to do. But to make those women have to have most of their body on display while they're playing a sport, they're not models, they're athletes. Why do they have to look like that? It doesn't make sense. It's totally ridiculous that they have to play practically naked, but the men don't. A spokeswoman for the Federation said that they were going to look into it and that other teams didn't have a problem with the rule, especially the South American team. Well, good for the South American team. I mean, I've seen a lot of those players in Brazil and all. That's how they roll on a regular. You go to a beach in South in, in Brazil, you're going to see them in thongs and all kind of stuff. So if that's what they're comfortable in, then good for them. But if the other players are not comfortable in that, why should they have to be forced to wear something that makes them uncomfortable? You know, I'm just saying, they, they definitely need to address the problem. Like I said, they're athletes. They should be respected, first of all, as a person, as a woman, and as an athlete. Now, Norway has been complaining about this rule going all the way back to 2006. So this didn't just pop up this time around. Since 2006, they've been saying these uniform requirements are a problem, and they've been ignored. So, I'm again, I'm saying enough with the sexism. If the federation for that sport is going to require that the women be eye candy for the sake of the rules, then the same rule should apply to the men. If you want to make the women have to play in those little itty-bitty, almost nude uh, uniforms, then the men should have to be in muscle shirts, cropped off, so all of their midsection is showing, and put them in a little itty-bitty speedo. Then if you're going to do it, do it across the board. Be fair. If it's all about eye candy, then let everybody have eye candy. Don't just sexualize the women. It, to me, that's simple enough. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, enough with the misogyny and the sexism. It's the 21st century, y'all. God, what we got to do to get some respect up in this joint? Okay. That was a good one. Mm. I mean, you got the gymnast from Germany said, look, we're going to wear a unitard and cover up our rumps so you don't see our little rumps anymore. And now these women are saying, we don't want our rump and our midriff on display, but they're going to make them pay a fine. I'm putting that federation mm-hmm. on the chest list. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oof. There you go. Got All the right. mic. I'm- 
I'm done. All right. Over to you, Papa Didi. Living well, for the city, what's happening? You know, that was a good topic you, you put on, but, you know, that topic has a lot of layers to it. Absolutely. And it's not... Uh, it's really not as cut as dry as uh, it would appear to be because uh, when it comes to the track and field ladies, nobody's telling them what to wear. They wear what they want to wear. Mm-hmm. They come out skimpy as hell. And I think that it's not so much what people are wearing as it is how people are interpreting it. You know, some people may be getting their jollies off and you don't know who that may be but also people are just enjoying the track and field meet and checking out the speed of the person I mean because everybody in there is a different shape and size or whatever if you let yourself get reduced down to the like you said the the scenery of it then you miss the whole sport you know mm-hmm. so and I think the sport moves so fast that you can't really, you don't even really have time to focus on on that. And everybody is in great shape, so, you know, there's bodies everywhere. And once, and if you're into the match, you don't really see, I mean, look at the men's basketball back in the day. I was just talking about basketball. Did you see how men's basketball shorts were back in the day? Yeah. How their penis stay inside them little-ass shorts? You know, back in the day with, uh, you know, I mean, how far to go back to go Dr. J, Max Johnson, if you want to go half-ass modern day. Now the shorts is all the way down to their knees, only because they can grab them and ball them up at their knees and kind of rest on them. If they're on the foul line, they're tired, they kind of grab the bottom of the shorts and they, they use it as a resting place. But just, just to say what you, what you were saying, it, it's, it, it's just so widespread across the board. Like I said earlier, how... They, uh, the one team, the one volleyball team came out there with some kind of hot pants on as opposed to having the bikini bottoms on. Now, I don't know that, that sometimes if the bikini bottom is a requirement based on movement and things like that, you know, and sometimes when it comes to the hypothetical thinking, even with the men with the swimmers, I mean, when you, by the time they get to the finals and it's different, the, the, uh, the final aspect of the metal, the metal round, the male swimmers, man, they're they're down to nothing. They're down to speedo. They're shaving every drop of hair off their body, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the imagery is there in every particular episode, whether it be gymnastic, and you know, and it's just the whole growth situation of everything. Gymnastic people have have better legs because they're always working out. So their emphasis is on their midriff and their calves and their you know, they're uh, everything. So, but it all depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it on a sexual level, then that's what you're going to see. But I think that if you're looking at the sport itself, I mean, they all got big legs and fat butts and, and all that shit, you know? So it all depends on, you know, I, I'm just saying on that, you know, with uh, Living for the City, in, it just, in connection to what you said, that, that it could be taken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not down and dirty on the sexual thing. It's just the way it is. And if you want to see it the way it is, and even men, when they wear their little shorts, I mean, I'm sure their little dick print is showing in the front, you know, if you're looking for that. 
And even in football, how long have women been saying they like when men go into huddles and shit? They can see the little jock spring print and their fat butts and the little white pants and all that shit. So women are hooping and hollering with the whole sexual aspect as well. They've been saying that shit for years, looking at who got the best ass in the huddle. Hell, they've been saying that 20, 30 damn years, women. I don't watch sports. I just watch when they go into huddles. That shit's been going on for years. So it's on both sides of the scale. So, you know. Anyway, I didn't mean to break down your segment, but no, I that's just had to beat you up a little bit. You ain't beating me up. <laughs> I disagree, but go right ahead. Anyway, no, that's all I got to say. Saying. I agree with what you're saying. That's all I got to say. I'm just Ooh. saying that it goes both ways. I'm not going to say that I I agree or disagree. I agree that it is all in time to get. I see it. And if that they need to respect the athletes, if they say this is making me uncomfortable and I would mm-hmm. rather wear the biker shorts as opposed to the little bikini bottom, right. then why don't you let them wear the biker shorts? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. They've been moving. But That's if them, all I'm But saying. if them biker shorts are going to slow them down 4.2 seconds because they can't really move the inside of their thigh like they could if they had on some booty shorts, then if they lost the race. Well, then, then that's on them. So be it. Exactly. Because I remember Flojo used to come out there and wear one leg that was all the way down to her ankle, and the other leg would be exposed. And she was faster than anything on yeah, the track. she was just unique. Well, right. I'm just saying, you know, it's all in what you can work in, but mm-hmm. it's all about your comfort level, too. So that's all I'm saying. Respect the athlete. If there's oh, yeah, definitely. This is uncomfortable. Every time you jump up to hit the ball in volleyball and you know your butt is jiggling and hanging out the back of this bikini thing. Yeah, I think that volleyball. If that's uncomfortable for you as an athlete, I just they think personally volleyball needs to put, say, they okay, need to, wear the biker shorts. When that, group, when that group put on those hot pants in volleyball, I agree with them completely because all that sand going up in your damn crotch can't be comfortable at all. No, but anyway. it cannot be. But all right. We're moving on down the line. Cattle <laughs> just sitting yeah, there laughing. Woo! Uh, I'm, I'm just taking it all in. Uh, uh, uh. I've heard right. the most crotch stories all night uh, <laughs> in one night. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a little CC so I can regroup. Uh, I got to get past these crotch stories. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that. And we're coming back with Cattle. And the Hollywood wrap-up on the Pajama Party Show. Hey, this is Kettle with the Yellow Top. I'm waiting to hear from you tonight. I'm at the Pajama Party Live. So you can reach us at 914-803-4306. Or you can check us out on apajamaparty.com. I've got my opinions, but I want to hear yours. Papa Didi and Red Wine are trying to beat me down, so I need you to call back and back me up. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So call me now, 914-803-4306. I'm right here on WBJT, Blog Talk Radio, waiting to hear from you. All right, here they come. I, I, I got to go. I got to go. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One of the Papa DM here with Kettle. Hello. And red one. Bonsoir, darling. All right. It's time for Kettle in the Hollywood wrap-up. 
What you got, Papa Didi? Hollywood. Hollywood. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Papa. Uh, if this is not crazy enough for you, check this out. Whitney Houston hologram concert to come to Las Vegas in October. The estate oh. has uh. announced that an evening with Whitney, the Whitney Houston hologram concert, a new residency at Harris, Las Vegas, will begin October the 26th. All right. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Come one, come all. The concert will feature the virtual image and voice of the late singer, backed by a live four-piece band and background singers and dancers, performing all her hits. This event has Hmm. been in the works since 2019, when the estate first announced it, I do remember that, um, in partnership with publishing management Primary Wage. Uh, Primary Wage required 50% of the estate's assets, and the singer's former manager and sister-in-law, that's her name, Pat Houston, shared plans for a hologram tour, an album, and unreleased tracks and a musical. So they got a lot in store, but... uh, Interesting. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster. So get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. Um, I don't know. Sounds kind of freaky to me, but, um, you know, you'd be surprised. So we'll see. Um, Dr. Dre, ordered to pay ex-wife Nicole Young. She's going to be a rich ex-wife, $3.5 million a year in spousal support. Um, a judge ordered the music mogul to pay Young two hundred, almost $300,000 per month in spousal support. So that comes up to $3.5 million a year. Um, while it's a good chunk of change for most people, the sum is much less than she requested. What? In uh, September 2020, Dr. Dre's uh, now ex-wife asked for $2 million per month. Per month? That's per month. I can't Wait a minute. What? <laughs> no, that's less. It has to be. That, that doesn't make any sense. The rapper will also cover the expenses of their Malibu and Pacific Palisades home and will pay for Young's health insurance. If she remarries or enters into a new domestic partnership, the agreement will end. Okay. The couple share two adult children, 24 and 20. Okay. Um, she filed for divorce. And, uh, forever. Yeah, she filed for divorce 2020 after 24 years of marriage. Okay. So um, I do remember he, he wanted to, um, he asked the judge, look, I want to be single. Can you put it in the paperwork and put it in fast? I remember that. I reported that maybe about a month ago. But, uh, okay, he's he's back on the block, ladies. Okay. Um, <laughs> actress Molly Gibbs, she's doing much better. After she had a star on the Walk of Fame, legendary actress and comedian Molly Gibbs, whose career has spanned five decades. Wow, that was a long time. She's doing much better. During uh, her event, the Hollywood Walk of Fame on Tuesday, during this event, which um, was also live streamed, 90 years old. What? She starred in classics. Yeah, I didn't realize that. She's still looking pretty good. She started in the Jeffersons in 227. That was one of my favorites, both of those. Paul's mm-hmm. mid-sentence drawing concerns from onlookers who thought she might fall during the ceremony. Gibbs was helped to a cheer by her son, 
who later moved her inside due to concerns about the heat exhaustion. So she was just a little overheated somewhat. So 30 to 45 minutes later, they resumed. Um, you know, she gave a speech and everything. So she's doing okay. Oh, okay. I mean, to be 90 years old, she's doing okay. Okay. All right. Kevin Hart hosts Nick Cannon's number one billboard offering fatherhood advice. The comedian uh, Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon, they've been going back and forth. Um, Kevin Hart, he upped the ante in the epic prank wars between him and Nick Cannon by broadcasting his friend's cell phone number on a billboard for anyone needing advice on fatherhood. No, he didn't. Oh, my goodness. Um, yep. Uh, since my brother Nick Cannon decided to buy me a, a llama, that's right, he bought him a llama, for my birthday, I decided to do something nice for him as well. He has a, dig- he has a digital uh, billboard in L.A. Um, he put one in Atlanta and um, another state. Um, and he put his phone number up there. So, yeah, I mean, Nick Cannon, he took light to it. So he started posting stuff on his Instagram. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So hopefully he changed his phone number. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, 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 crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep. Mm, mm, mm. Um, also back in the news, Jennifer Lopez, her B day is coming tomorrow, her birthday. So everybody's talking, is she going to do a big party or is it going to be a quiet evening with dinner and family? I guess we just have to wait and see. But, uh, who knows? Ben Affleck, you might surprise her with a big, uh, maybe pink, yellow diamond or something, maybe tomorrow. So. I'm quite sure they'll they'll end up on entertainment tonight tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> well, we shall see. This is uh, birthday number fifty-two for her, so that'll be tomorrow. And his birthday is August the fifteenth, so they might uh, decide to do something bigger, you know, um, around his birthday. So it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least, uh, Keisha Cole, her mother, um, Frankie Lawn, she died of an overdose, unfortunately. She had been battling um, addiction for a long time, for decades, and uh, she just couldn't, you know, stay off of it. But uh, I remember the reality show she had and everything. Her mother was on it, and her mother was just out of control sometimes. I mean, you know. Yeah, she was off the chain. Yeah, well, that's what those drugs would do. So, uh, uh, yeah, her sister put it out there on Instagram that... uh, this is the worst pain ever to see my mama in a body bag on her birthday. My heart is so fucking broke. So sorry to hear wow. that. So uh, she rests in peace. So that's my Hollywood wrap up for tonight. All right, you had all kind of info for us tonight. Mm. All right. Yep. All righty. Well, yeah. that takes us down to. The kiss it list, Papa Didi. The kiss it list is uh, people that have uh, showed their butt, Heine. And? And uh, we're going to put them on blast and uh, dedicate something to them. And uh, the first person I want to put on there is an uh, old girl. That Rachel Nichols from ESPN, because <laughs> she's horrible. 
and she sits up there and talks to them brothers every every day at three o'clock in the afternoon on ESPN. The show is called The Jump. You get a chance to look at it. She's been hobnobbing with black men forever, and and you know they all had her support because she puts them all on TV. But she's full of crap. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I want to add to the list. Everybody who purchased and is affiliated with the MAGA cryptocurrency, MAGA coin, y'all are tripping. Yeah, that whole thing, that whole crypto thing. I, mean, I, I just want to put the whole crypto coin thing on there. <laughs> I want to dump. I want to dump some um, coins and, and had a coin machine. And that's all I had on there. I couldn't even understand it, Joe. I had to go over to Walmart and use a simpler one. It was a higher fee, but, man, this machine was had, if you want crypto coins, press this and then sign this document for crypto. I was like, what the? Like I said, put the whole crypto thing. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it. And maybe if somebody on. I don't know. Somebody in the broadcast can let us know what it's about and does it make any money if it does i'm with it but right now shit looks sounds to me like a you ever have a canadian penny mixed with your foot with your money yeah <laughs> anyway you put it in you a know bit, what I'm you put a canadian quarter canadian nickel canadian quarter it out. or some money or some money you done brought back from aruba or something mm-hmm. all right <laughs> Anyway. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, right. I got another. I got another one. This um, I don't have his name because they didn't release it. But a substitute teacher in New York City. Now this mm-hmm. guy has been a, had been or still is, I guess, a teacher since 2001. He substituted for a class, and I guess they weren't paying him too much attention. They weren't minding him. He threatened the whole class and told him, if y'all don't shut up and sit down, I will shoot you, and I do have a gun. What? So the kids reported it, and he ended up getting arrested, and the charges were later dropped because he turned himself in after they reported. I guess he left or something. But I'm like, dude, what were you thinking? So Mm. he's on the kids Mm. list. Mm. And also, I don't know if y'all are familiar with this rapper, Lil Uzi Vert. I've heard the name, don't know his music. But this guy is, like, really eccentric anyway. Um, I'm putting him on the kiss it list because he posted some stuff talking about he is now going to be the first human to own a planet. Mm. And Mm. my question is, how you going to own a planet, first of all? And who are you buying hmm. from? Okay. <laughs> Wait yeah. a minute. Who owns the damn who, planet? Exactly. He said he owns this planet that's called WASP 127B. It's a mm-hmm. giant gas mm-hmm. exoplanet. And he says he's going to be the first plant, the first human to own a planet. But the question mm-hmm. is, who are you buying a planet from? And if they sold it to you, they had to have owned it first. <laughs> so it's mm, stupid. Mm, mm. This is My question okay. is how often how often is he gonna is he gonna visit? Yeah, exactly. 
This is the same guy who purchased that diamond that he had implanted in his forehead. It was like a $12 million mm. diamond. It was mm. implanted in his forehead at one know. point. I don't know. He's, I don't, he's eccentric. I don't look special. at that channel. Yes, <laughs> he's special. <laughs> Help him. Also, Help him. I don't have all the channels to get that. Also, let's put all of these Trump lovers there on the kiss it list. The Republicans are just cold. getting on the vaccination bandwagon. Y'all are on the mm-hmm. kiss it list. All the <laughs> anti-vax folks, you're on the kiss it list. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Just get the damn vaccine. Um, Brett Kavanaugh or the FBI. Yes. FBI and Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Trump was running everything back then, so. Yeah, 45. Yep, him too. Yep. They cheat. Everything they want, they cheated to get it. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Oh, Mm -hmm. and the the thieves that are stealing water in California, whoever you are, you're on the kissing list. I think that's it. Anybody else? The dude that cut That's his face it. up and like, oh. oh yeah, the orc in South oh, America, no. the man that wants to look like an orc, mm-hmm. which he looked like is a hot, scary, freaky mess. He succeeded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted to look gruesome and frightening. Yeah, he succeeded. Uh, anybody else, Kevin? Papa D. No. Going well. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Well. Let's give everybody on this week's Kiss It List their special gift wrapped prize. Kiss my entire ass. Kiss my Irish ass. You better kiss my Irish ass. This world, kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. You can All right, welcome back to John Party One Hills, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, time for the last word. Get it in, get it in. Why you can, why you can, can. What's your last word, Papa? <laughs> My last word is to be safe out there. You got a lot of shootings going on in a lot of cities. Just be careful. Watch your back. You know, you're seeing things suspicious. Anybody moving crazy. If you hear any kind of... Any any shots or whatever, you know, first of all, get low. Just get low and get behind something and then ease, ease your way up out of that environment, you know. Be conscious of your surroundings. I mean, all over the place, you know. They got them in D.C., Philly, Chicago, New Orleans. I mean, the, 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 the gun rate is just off the chain. So just be careful out there. And this has happened during the day. It ain't even at night anymore. It's broad damn daylight. So 
Be careful. That's true. Okay. My last word is uh, enjoy the Olympics. I do hope everybody remains safe. Uh, I, I'm just I'm worried about all the participants from all over the world. COVID is on the rise, and people have been testing positive there in Olympic Village. I just hope that everybody stays safe and that they can all, you know, get out of there without bringing COVID back to their home countries. I just, I personally think they should have postponed it, but that's water under the bridge now because it's happening. Like Papa Didi said, be careful out there. Keep your mask on, don't take chances. What's your last word, Kim? Um, I'm going to chime in on, on both of you guys. Um, you guys have some valid points tonight. Be careful out there. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. Um, I was listening to Steve Harvey earlier today, and he was like, I've had too many people close to me almost die. Some have died. But just get vaccinated. And a lot of them, his friends have said, I wish I'd gotten vaccinated. But at that point, sometimes it's too late or, you know, I should have, could have, would have. Just be smart about it. I mean, just think about it. Um, and also, um, the DMV, we we need to get it together. This is too much killing, too much shooting out here. And I just believe the police force, they need to just step up their game somewhat, um, have a, a more visible presence. Um, you know, if you have to do the old-fashioned way, start walking the beat, biking, scooter, do something, but be present. And if you are being present, start enforcing some laws, not just let jackasses just sit around and do nothing. You know, there's a vagrancy law, enforce it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it saddens me that uh, the DMV has become national news, um, but you have to wait until somebody shot up that, gets, that is white gets shot up. And now, you know, it's national news. Now the mayor is really out there talking and the captain. Um, okay. My my thing is, what you going to do next? So, I don't know. Maybe we have to take our communities back to the, uh, what was the red caps or orange caps or something, the neighborhood watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, we might just step up to the plate and help them, you know. So, that's well, the captain said, said he needs some help. He's asking people yeah. to step up. Give them some help. Tell them what you know. Tell them what you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I okay. think people are just scared to get involved. I, I agree. But, uh, you know, I, to me, I just, me personally, I just can't sit back anymore. I mean, if that's what the captain said, that's what I'm, I'm going to start doing. Making some phone calls to the mayor, to the captain. Hey, look, I got four or five or ten you know, folks on my corner, can you get them off the corner, whatever, you know, something, you know. So we got to keep calling them. They'll get tired after a while, but just have to keep it up. So that's my last word. Okay. All right. Well, we thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you got some good information, inspiration, and uh, hopefully you got a good laugh. We'll do it again next Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern. And uh, that's a wrap. Say good night, Papa Didi. Good night, everybody.
Say good night, Kettle. Good night. And bonsoir, au revoir, good night. See you next Friday. You're out. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Gabi Ko. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Oh,